with our, with our Frontline series. So it's been an awesome series, and I'm, I'm hopeful that it's been a blessing to you, um, that, that as we've been ministering and speaking into, play, into the places, into workplaces, uh, that it's been enriching uh, and equipping. And so uh, two weeks back, we had, we had a, a look at a biblical perspective on, on entrepreneurship, and that was amazing. Um, and uh, we had a workshop afterwards, and we had a whole bunch of entrepreneurs. I was amazed at how many entrepreneurs we have in this church. And I, and I thought to myself afterwards, why, why am I amazed? Actually, why am I surprised? Twelvers are pioneers. Um, tw- <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. We said, we said hey, guys, let's start a, a new service, and let's make it at a really awkward time. And all of you put up your hand and said, yes, we want to do this. You guys are pioneers. You, you, you're trendsetters and you go against the norm. So it shouldn't be, come as a surprise that we, you know, 80% of the people sitting in this congregation are people who, who are starting stuff, doing things, uh, pioneering. And even those who are not entrepreneurs are pioneering stuff in your workplaces. And we hear those testimonies all the time. So it's, it's amazing. Um, and, and, and just to say also that we're creating community around that and we want to give support and we want to pray into that and, and, and practically uh, partner. So, so we, have, uh, we have the details of, of all the guys who, who attended the workshop, but if you're a pioneer and an entrepreneur and you didn't manage to attend the workshop, then please come talk to me and, so that we can get, your, get you into that community. Uh, last week, we then had an, a, an amazing uh, look at working conflict. So we all have conflict, and we can't avoid it, although some of us try hard to avoid it. Um, and, espe- and especially in the workplace, it's important uh, that we cultivate a culture of being able to address conflict and looking at conflict not as the enemy, but as an indicator. Uh, and I loved how Mamtigi then just ministered to us in, in that space, and again, we did a workshop afterwards, and it was amazing. So we did an overview in the service and in the workshop. We really uh, unpacked uh, a lot of these things, and everybody who was, who was at, um, at, at that workshop was incredibly blessed. So this week, what we're looking at is continuing to be on the front lines, and, and there are many ways uh, for us to be, to be on the front lines, and, and, and we have our spheres of, of influence, and so... Uh, some of our spheres of influence are made up of three people. Some of our spheres of influence are made up of 30 people. Some of our spheres of influence are made up of 30,000 uh, people. And so we are all called to be faithful with those spheres of, of, of influence. And uh, I'm reminded of, of, um, of the story uh, that we find in the book of Judges chapter 13 is the story of, of Samson. And Samson was a man of great influence. Samson had power. He had physical power, um, and he had power in terms of being able to, or being seen as a leader, uh, and, and being able to influence. Samson didn't necessarily see himself as a leader, although he was received as a leader, and he didn't behave um, as a leader, and so he, didn't re- he, he failed to recognize the opportunity to be a noble leader um, in, within the nation of Israel. And so he was a leader nonetheless, and he couldn't, he couldn't escape it. The, the, the end result of, of Samson is a bit of an anticlimax. Um, 
Samson has this buildup, and, and, and he's so powerful that when they tie him with ropes and chains, he can just break out, and, 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 and he can take a jawbone of a donkey, and he can kill 800 men, and he can tear apart a, a lion as if it were a young goat, and, and he can do these amazing things that God has anointed him to do. And the Bible tells us that when the Spirit of God would come on, to, or would come on him, that he, 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 he would just receive this power, supernatural power, that would make him supernaturally strong. And the purpose for this power was that he was meant to be a deliverer of the nation of Israel. Um, God, the people of Israel had cried out to, to God asking for deliverance, and God had raised Samson up as a deliverer of Israel. And so God had raised him up as a leader. Uh, if only Samson had recognized that call, if only Samson had recognized what God was asking him to do, uh, we would be talking about a different end um, to his life. We think of guys like David um, and, and, uh, and, and his life, and, 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 and even just the, he had a noble end and was a celebrated person and continues to be celebrated up until today. We think of people like Solomon who had incredible buildup and then their end was just incredibly disappointing. Um, and and this, this message is for all of us. Um, this message is for all of us to consider the ways in which God is raising you up. There are particular things that, ra- that God is raising you up for. And there are particular purposes that God is calling you to walk in. And every single time God calls you into a, into a purpose or a destiny, it has people involved. God is about people. And so he will empower you. He will give you abilities. He will anoint you for a particular task. Not because he, he likes you more than somebody else. He is doing it for the sake of his people. And so when God gives you tools, resources, riches, gifts, abilities to see things that other people don't, skills and, and, and even academic knowledge, my encouragement to you is not to see that as a special sort of thing that sets you apart from everybody else. But to look at that and to go, Lord, what are you calling me to do with this? What is the platform that you're calling me to make, to make use of with these gifts that you have given me? Absolutely, each and every one of us has been given gifts, talents, um, th- that, uh, that God is wanting us to utilize for the sake of other people. Uh, so we're trusting that through this ministry, that you, you would recognize even your own calling, your own destiny, and how to walk that out on behalf or for the benefit of others. We understand that the immediate benefit is, 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 is family, but we also carry a far greater vision. We carry a vision that is able to encompass the people of God. And so when I'm thinking about the things that God calls me to do, I'm thinking, Lord, what are you? How does this influence not just my family? How does this influence my spiritual family? How does this influence the people that I walk with? How does this go broadly even over that? And how does this impact the nation that you have called me to be in? And, and, and this is the, the, the mindset um, that, that we're asking you to, to carry. So I'm going to make one last point, but I'm going to ask our panelists if you can come and join me um, up front. You can grab a mic and take a seat. Uh, so, as, as I, please, please come on up as I make this point. Um, 
as as twelvers, um, we've we've consistently communicated one thing that we're going after when we're praying. There's one thing that we always remember to pray into, um, and and th- and those are the, the the themes that we want to carry as a congregation. Those are the themes that we want to see overflowing in your own life. Um, so, firstly, we we crying out to God for His supernatural presence. We want God's presence to overflow. When we gather like this and we worship Him and we receive teaching, we want His presence to overflow. When you are doing your thing during the week and, 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 and you are putting your hand to the plow, we want God's presence to overflow in your life. Those are the things that we pray over you weekly. The second thing that we would, 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 that we declared was we want this to be a family with meaningful connections. We want meaningful relationships to come out of our community. And that's one of the things that we pray into. And, we, and by the way, we consistently are seeing God honor these declarations and answer. And so we're consistently seeing you know, or hearing testimonies of how God is, is having his supernatural outworking in people's lives. We're seeing the, that community and friendships are, are forming, and we're intentional about that. And the third thing that, we want, that we're trusting God for is prosperity. We're trusting that each and every one of you would prosper in your lives, prosperity in all its forms. What, what does that look like? Your relationships prosper. Your money prospers, your work prospers, your health prospers, your soul prospers, your life and the theme of your life is one of prosperity. In every area that is of concern to you, there is a a, a sense of prosperity. I'm telling you these things for two reasons. One, I want you to know that we pray into these things, and so I want you to partner with us as we're praying. And so declare these things over your lives. Believe these things over your lives. If you're in this family, these are the things that we consistently asking God for, and so we ask you to partner with us and ask God for those things on your own behalf. And the second reason I'm telling you these things is because if we look at the the path of Samson and the lessons that we can learn from the life of Samson, one of, one of the lessons that we can learn from the life of Samson is how not to do how not to do it, right? So so you come into a place of prominence, and 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 what is your reliance? Samson, um, his, his reliance was on things, on, on carnal things. And so he, would see, he saw a Philistine woman, and I want, I want this woman, regardless of the fact that God had given a command that you're not to mix with these people. I don't care. This is what I want. Um, I, I'm going to fight for everything. I'm gonna, it's, it's about satisfying the flesh. And the problem with that um, is that that's, what, that's where his reliance started to be. What was the end result? He was, he was caught. His, his hair, which was the source of his power, was shaved off. He was bound to pillars, and his eyes were gouged out. Now, he, pulled, he prayed, and God gave him power one last time, and he pulled the pillars apart and killed a whole bunch of, of, the, of the Philistines. And that's actually how God delivered the Israelites. So God still did the purpose that he had in mind through the life of Samson, and that's the second thing that I want us to keep in mind, that God will still have his outworking. God will still have his will and his way observed. The only difference is, is your partnering with that a noble part- partnership, or were you forced because you were tied to pillars and your eyes gouged out and you had one last hurrah? Um, the God, 
decided to use. The choice really is ours. And so I'm going to turn, turn my, my attention uh, to, to our awesome panelists and thank you guys for choosing to come and minister to us. And, uh, and uh, if, can I get a, the, the order of service? Yeah, that one. Thank you. So, so we, we asked each one of these people to, uh, to come and be with us because we wanted them to minister to us from the perspective of their own walk and from the perspective of uh, the, 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 the journey that God has got them on and the purposes that they're outworking. And I mentioned that, uh, you know, we, our spheres of influences differ. And so they, they find themselves in a position where their spheres of influences are much larger than some of our spheres, and so we wanted to track with them and just to find out a little bit about them and also how God is, is, uh, is using them. So they're going to go around and I'm just going to ask them to introduce themselves, but, um, but uh, before they do so, what I'll, I'll just read the bios as, as has become our custom, um, and I'm going to ask you guys if you can just introduce yourselves, just your names, um, and very briefly, we'd love to hear how you came to the Lord. So I'll take care of the bio stuff so you don't have to worry about that. You can just give us your names, a little bit of context, but also just how you came to know the Lord. So uh, Kulu, we'll start with you. I'll read um, her bio goes like this. Kulufelo Tulane loves being a daughter of the Most High God. She's a wife and a proud mother. Kulufelo is a biokineticist for the South African Military Health Services, where she holds the rank of captain. Pause for emphasis. <laughs> she is a Mrs. South Africa finalist as well as a fitness fanatic, already having won the fittest soldier and completed two, the Two Oceans full marathon. She hopes to inspire women to recognize their natural power and to live out their full potential. Kulu also enjoys motivational speaking and mentoring young women. Good afternoon, church. My name is Kulufelo Tulwani, and how I came to the Lord, it was, I think I was 14 years old in high school. Um, we had, I was in boarding school, so we had this um, Friday evening service as, as girls in the dorm. So we would gather together and pray and sing and do all those things, and then I gave my life to the Lord. From then on... When I look back, I think because I didn't have discipleship, I just went about my way because I, I actually didn't know what, what it actually meant until only later, I think after, during varsity, during varsity, then, you know, it, it was more, I was looking for the Lord. You know, when you, when you are at a crossroads where you're like, okay, so who am I? Where am I going? Am I Christian? I, well, I was raised in a Christian home and... Um, so what am I deciding for myself? And, you know, then I decided, let me look for this God and see where he will lead me. And lo and behold, I did find him. More like he found me. <laughs> and, yeah, then from then on, I just, you know, started living my life, um, got into a cell group, and got into discipleship, and I was hooked. <laughs> awesome. Uh, before before we proceed, can we put up that um, that that number? Actually, I, I just forgot to mention 
that we, we, I'll interact with them with some questions, but we, there may be questions that are on your heart, um, especially if you are in a similar industry. Um, we're going to put up a, a, uh, a SMS line for you to, to, to SMS, and you can, you can give some of your questions there, and then we'll see um, what the time looks like, and maybe we'll be able to engage with some of those questions. Um, so please take note of that, um, of that SMS line as we proceed. Okay, so uh, I'm going to introduce Ndando, uh, popularly known as Joby Clark. <laughs> Joby Clark is an Afro soul singer and a pastoral team member in Every Nation Church Rosebank. He began his ministry journey in 2011, starting out in campus ministry and is now a member of the team that oversees Every Nation Rosebank's hub service, that's the 5 p.m. service, and serves as a counselor in the church. Having majored in music at Rhodes University, he then, er, he then early June of this year released his debut album, Kwasuga Sugel, <laughs> with indie label Native Rhythms. Kwasuga Sugela is a body of work that was largely written and composed by him. Whether in ministry or music, Joby Clark is all about touching lives. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, church. Um, I am Joby Clark, and I got saved yeah, uh, when I was in grade seven. There was a teacher who, so there was a student I pulled, I, I went to a Christian school for like six months, and at that, in that six months, the teacher who was my class teacher um, was also the dance instructor, and so she She'd take us for dance, and one of these days, she took the dance club to a movie, and when we were watching the movie, she was going to take me home, and we were late. Uh, she had to go to prayer, so she was like, you're going to prayer with me. I'm going to SMS your mother. And I was like, cool, prayer it is. And I went to prayer meeting, and I just remember walking into prayer meeting and feeling like, sure, this is nice. What's this? This is warm. Um, and I just cried for no good reason. I was like, what's happening to me? I'm weeping. Where am I? Um, but I think... At that moment, I knew that I needed to make some decision. I didn't know what it was. Um, and then I went to the bathroom, and some random guy came to me and said, Hey, do you know the Lord? Are you in a connect? And I asked like five questions. I was like, Whoa. Um, and I then was like, No, I don't know the Lord, but I'm not in a connect. And he was like, Come to my connect on Friday. Sorry, is this all in the bathroom? Yes. It's like okay. one to one. Just, one, just two. checking but which level of awkward <laughs> we're at. <laughs> okay, we're like by the basins where you wash your hands, okay? And then. Um, <laughs> and then anyway I went home and I remember just deciding this guy said do I know the Lord and, and I'd been in the Christian school so they'd been talking about accepting the Lord and I was like okay I'm accepting Jesus and I accepted Jesus that day but like Kulu said I had no idea what it meant to live a Christian life so me could have done living my best life so I thought um, until Varsity and I went to Every Nation Grahamstown and then I got into discipleship, and then they rocked my world. And then everything changed, and I was like, you, Lordship, what is that? And then I fully began to walk with the Lord when I got to university wholeheartedly. Amazing. Awesome. Let me introduce Howard. So Howard Mnisi is a professional rugby player. Currently plying his trade with the Lions, or the Emirates Lions. 
I think there's one or two Lions supporters in there. <laughs> um, so, just to rattle off a bunch of a, a bunch of accolades because you know that's what we do. Um, he, he has he has played Sharks under 19, and in fact, they were champions in two, uh, champ, 2008 champs with uh, with the Sharks at, the, at under 21 level. Um, he's played uh, Sharks Vodacom Cup. Um, he was the NMMU Player of the Year 2012-2013. Uh, he was the Greek was Vodacom Cup uh, part of the championship team in 2014. Greek was Player of the Year 2013. Cheetahs, uh, he played Super Rugby for the Cheetahs 2013 uh, to 2014. Um, and with the Lions also there's a bunch of uh, achievements including being Cup finalists, Curry Cup finalists in 2014, uh, Curry Cup champions in 2015. Super Rugby finalist in 2016. Um, he was the Lions Curry Cup captain in 2016. Um, he uh, won the Varsity Cup back that rocks 2013, so the best backline player. Um, SA Students, uh, he played SA Students Sevens Rugby 2012-2013, um, as, as well as the SA Students 2012-2013. Um, he was also part of the, South, the Springboks SA A team in 2016. Um, and <laughs> should we just stop there and clap? I'm not. I don't, I'm just like <laughs> we only have so much time for overachievers. <laughs> Introduce yourself to us, brother. Uh, afternoon, church. Um, my name is Howard, and uh, I know that sound that seems a bit um, difficult to do. So I'll just do my own thing here, which is what I do. Normally in the morning, and this is how I introduce myself to myself every morning. I am Howard Mnisi, child of God, son to a loving parents, brother to the craziest and awesome siblings, future husband to the most beautiful and amazing wife. <laughs> I'm abundantly blessed. Everything is preordained for me to prosper by my loving father. Today is the best day of my life. I love pressure because it brings out the best in me. I love giving because I have plenty and I'm financially free because my God provides everything. I'm the best athlete and evasive runner in the world. I'm creative and innovative. Uh, success is a habit for me. Everywhere I go, I leave my DNA. I'm fearless because I know where my strength comes from. So I think that describes it better. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, do you want to give us a two-minute two snippet of your journey with the Lord, or how you definitely. came to know the Lord? So um, I gave my life to the, uh, to the Lord in 2013 when I was in Kimberley. So what had happened was, um, obviously, as a rugby player, you tend to, you know, believe in your own hype a little bit. Um, um, as a junior at the Sharks in Durban, you know, my life was, was pretty wayward. And I didn't feel like I was, I was serving the Lord or I was doing um, justice to my talent or the talent that God has, had given me. So I'd moved around, ended up in Port Elizabeth where... It got even more frustrating because I had all the accolades, but I felt empty because there was no purpose in what I was doing. So, um, obviously, I started um, engaging with, with people that were, were going direct, to give direction to my life and try and shape my life. So, I moved to Kimberley, um, interacted with some of the teammates, and they introduced me to church, uh, CRC, at that time in Kimberley. And, yeah, um, that's how it actually happened, and I gave my life to the Lord. And obviously, I've had ups and downs throughout the, uh, that period. Um, ended up moving to, to Joburg, which has been probably the best move that I've ever made. Because as you can see there, I was moving around because I was trying to find solace somewhere. And uh, funny enough, you know, um, 
all those successes didn't mean anything if I didn't have God in my life. So I'm here today because of that. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. So just as a show of appreciation, we can give you some of that pulpit water. <laughs> Two drinks of that and you'll be just giving us some hectic revelations. Now, being in your, in your space, um, for, and this question is for all of you guys, being, being in the space that you're in, my assumption is that you have to have a plan, otherwise you succumb to the distractions. So there, there are many distractions, um, whether they are opportunities for more fame, whether they're money, whether they're people pulling you this way and that way. And, and uh, I guess the question, the question becomes, what is your plan to remain faithful to what God has called you to do and to be who God has called you to be um, in the midst of many distractions that you may be facing and, and people pulling you in different directions? We'll start with you, Kula. Um, that's a very complicated question. Um, so I'll do my best to, to answer it. You're, you're already a winner. <laughs> um, I think my plan in terms of, you know, sticking to the call of God is that, um, you know, being, being a Mrs. South Africa finalist and, you know, associating with other wonderful women that are also in the top 25, you know, and I think also for me, God's call is women. And um, I love women. I love relationships with women. And so, you know, every, every time when I feel like, you know, when we, especially when we meet, you know, I always, I'm like, okay, so I need to find one woman that I need to connect with for this meeting. So for each meeting, there has to be somebody new. And um, also just reminding myself, you know, why am I here? You know, what is God doing in my life? And what do I need to um, impart onto whether it's the one woman that I'm going to meet for that day or or the women that, you know, as, as we sit and interact with each other. And to always remember that um, there's a purpose, there's a plan, and I need to remember that there's a purpose and a plan. Otherwise, then I'm just going to live my life and do my own thing. And also be frustrated, you know, be frustrated that, you know, God, why are you not doing this? Why is this not happening? Why, you know, why is, um, why are things happening the way they're happening now? And, you know, now I'll, also, I'll obviously be, you know, doing my own thing and, and not really fulfilling God's plan for my life. So the, the greatest plan is that, you know, having at the back of my mind that, you know, this is what, what God is doing. This is where God is taking me. This is the, the purpose. This is the big plan. And in everything that I do, am I fulfilling the plan? Am I going towards the plan? And do I see the plan? If I don't see the plan, then I need to ask God, okay, Lord, you know, what is this? Where, where are we going? What is, you know, the next step to take? Awesome. Uh, Jerry Clark? Um, so I think for me, it's always remembering who the source of this gift is. Um, because the person who gave me the gift is the person that can sustain the gift and sustain me in the doors that is opened. And so I, have, I am learning that the basics are what keep you in the plan of God and in the will of God. So me pulling out of community would be the worst thing ever. 
Me not going to connect group will be the worst thing ever. Me not going to discipleship will be the worst thing ever because those things remind me of who I am and what I'm about um, and make my relationship with the Lord healthy. And the healthier my relationship is with the Lord, the, the brighter I shine in the different spaces, in the different doors that God has opened for me. So I'm learning right now that, that I can have a great plan of who to call and whatever, but if I don't have God and if I'm not connected to the source, then I've already failed. Um, in stepping out and in shining in the different spaces that I'm in. Because everyone wants to have a voice um, over my life when you're in the spotlight. It's just like, yo, you must do this. Actually, you're this guy. And they come and place all these different identities over you that they think are what you must be. But if I don't know who I am and whose I am, then I'm lost. And I can easily take on these different identities. And so I guess my greatest thing is to plug into God and plug into community and keep being affirmed by whose I am by the person who created me. Great, great, awesome, awesome. All right, for me, um, it's similar to, to Jobia, it's rem just remembering that God is the ultimate. You know, he gives you everything. Um, I am where I am because of what he's done for me. And I'm here for a purpose. He's here to use me. He's here to, to help me inspire people out there. He's here to help me, you know, do all the things that uh, he potentially put in me. So... For me, um, what I do is I genuinely work uh, on purpose or processes. Uh, I mean. So what I do is whatever goal I have, because um, I think I've spoken to you a little bit about my, my, my dream to be able to inspire and speak into people's lives. So I look at that as, as a goal, but for me, in order to get there, I have to go through different processes. So I don't put pressure on myself to think about the end goal. So what I do is if I wake up this morning, um, I've got this to do. I'm here at church today, and I have to deal with what's happening right now. So everything that I do is process-based. Whether if it's rugby-related, if I have to go to gym, then I know exactly what I'm going to do at gym. Um, I know I've got a game whatever weekend that I'm playing. I know exactly what I have to do to prepare for that team for that weekend. So I, don't, I never think too far ahead of myself because uh, sometimes that's where you get caught up in, in thinking, okay, this is not working, then you, you try to do things in your own way. Mm. Meanwhile, God is just saying, okay, just deal what's, what, what, uh, with what's happening today. So for me, it's mostly the process of just staying in tune with yourself and also being honest with yeah. yourself. If you're not feeling well um, and you don't feel like going to gym, for instance, um, at the end of the day, that's coming from somewhere. So you need to spot where that's coming from and deal with that and be able to still go there even if you don't want to because... Um, the best people or the most successful people always do the things when no one else wants to do them. So that's pretty much my thing. Awesome. I want to ask you a follow-up question, Howard, which is um, uh, you, you're currently, um, you've, you're currently in, in the process of coming back from an injury, um, which has kept you off the field. Being, being a, a rugby player and being off the field and watching other people do the thing that you want to do. How, how does that impact you, and how does that speak into your 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 identity? Is there ever is there ever a place where you feel like you have to now redecide who you are because you're not currently playing, you're not currently playing rugby? Um, firstly, like rugby for me, it's a gift. You know, I was granted the, the talent to be able to do it because God wanted me to do it, right? So the way I see it is I'm injured right now, and right now I'm at the right place at this time. You know what I mean? 
God is using me in different ways that he couldn't have used me had I played or had I been yeah. on the field. So the guys that are there right now um, playing, probably playing my position, some of them are my best friends. And I have to say, hey, congrats, you're doing well and, and stuff like that and wish them well because mm-hmm. I understand that they have their own portion. They have um, certain responsibilities um, or certain responsibility to uphold as the people representing the Lions or wherever they are, you know what I mean? So for me, I am happy with where I am. Obviously, sometimes it does get a little bit, you know, I do, I do um, feel a bit um, like I miss the game. Mm. But at the end of the day, I have to remind myself that I am where I am because God wants me to be here. So that's the most important thing for me. I can't think ahead and start wishing yeah. that I was on the field because there's a lot of things that could happen there that um, maybe like the position I'll be in there wouldn't place me where I am right now. Mm. So that's why I'm here. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Another follow-up question that that could really be for any one of you, but I'll I'll ask it to you, Kulu, is is about putting yourself out there. Um, So so part of the process when when you're pursuing the things that God has called you to do, pursuing your passions, you have to put yourself out there. Um, And and part of the risk of putting yourself out there is there's there's, there's critics and there's uh, scoffers and there's judgmental people so how, what work do you have to do in your own heart um, to mitigate against that, but also with the reality that, you know, I'm going after this thing, and I'm going after it wholeheartedly, and I want to, to win, but I may not. What, 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 is, what is the work that you have to do in your own heart, taking that re- reality into your mind, but also recognizing that there are people that are waiting for you to fail? Sure, that's, you know, actually, before I entered for Mrs. South Africa, I had to have a, a realistic conversation with God where, you know, I had to, I think for, for about a year, I was in conversation with God about, okay, Lord, you know, I want to do this, and should I do this, and, you know, is it godly, and, you know, is it part of your plan for my life? And, you know, God said to me that, you know what, Yes, you may do this or you may not do this, but if even if you do, just know that um, you know that I've called you to something, and in in everything that you do, you do it with excellence. And you know that has stuck with me. That even after entering and you know getting to the semifinals and now as a finalist, I've, I, I mean I already feel like I've won. I already feel like you know what actually. I don't have to wait for anybody to put a crown on my head. You know, I feel like God has crowned me and God has, has called me to this. And whether they recognize it or not, but, you know, the one who, who created me says that about me. He says that this is who I am. This is what he's called me to. And that actually grounds me. That, that, that humbles me, actually. It humbles me to a point where I feel like, you know, um. I mean, there's 24 other ladies there, and, you know, whether I, I do make it or not, I already feel like I have one. I already feel like I have the crown. I don't need um, somebody else to, to tell me who I am or to, to say, okay, now we declare that you are our Mrs. South Africa. Um, and, and, I mean, what if that's not even God's plan for my life? If it's not God's plan for my life for me to get the crown 
then it's not God's plan for my life. And I need to be okay with that so that I don't, at the end of all of this, I don't feel like I've failed or I don't feel like a loser because I'm not. I'm not a loser and I, will, I would not have failed if I don't win because I've already won. Come on. Guys, the Bible tells us that um, in, in the book of Proverbs that, that um, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet. Um, and so we, we, we go to scripture because we, we seek guidance and we seek scripture to be our, our guiding counsel. Um, I'm going to start with, with you, Joby, on this one. If you could just share with us a particular scripture that has really helped you during your journey. Um, it may be a life verse. It may be just a scripture that you've really relied heavily on, prayed over, declared into your, in, in, in your life, and just what, what that has meant to you through your, your, your journey up until the point where you're now officially, you know, you've recorded and you've released the album. Um, so in Daniel 11, it says, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out mighty exploits. And... Um, for me, this journey has been a long one coming, but also has been such a refining process. Uh, purpose is not a one-day event. You don't wake up and step into purpose. Um, you wake up and you choose purpose, and you choose it every day. And every day you contend for your purpose, and every day you contend for your destiny. And sometimes it gets really tiring, to be honest. Um, there were times where we were recording this album, and there'd just be breaks to just... We're not recording. We're just like, what's happening now? Um, and there'd be like six months where the album has not been worked on, and I'm starving because I'm not working because sure. this is my bread and butter. And so there's no food in my house, but there's no studio time happening, and there's no signs of progress, and there's no signs of this is going to move into something, and it's actually going to be. And then, and then God would always firstly remind me that, one, I'm your provider. Two, if I've said step out in faith, then you keep walking in faith. And you keep wow. walking on that water. And when the waters rock and the boat rocks, you still hold on because you know me. Therefore, you'll carry out great exploits. And my timing is completely different from yours. And I mean, I fought with God the most in this process leading up to releasing. And then the night when it was going to be released, sure, I went through the most. Because then the nerves and the fear of I'm putting myself out there and now people are going to judge this music. It's no longer my music. It's our music. And I was like, yo, yo, yo. Now they're going to diss me. Black Twitter is going to come for me. <laughs> Every evening, I'm just going to find tweets. And they're going to come for me. And then I had to remember, I remember sitting on the couch and going and saying to God, you, so now what? And God was like, listen here. Not everyone would like you one, and that's okay. But know that you are loved by me first. And, and as I love you, know that because this is part of what I'm doing with you, you're bound to do well in this. It's not a matter. Their likes are not a reflection on who you are or the skill that you carry. The skill and the gifting you carry is placed there by me. Therefore, it's already excellent. So walk in the fullness, enjoy it, feel it, celebrate yourself. And I was like, sure, that's interesting. You're saying a lot, Lord. But it's been a process of unpacking it and learning to hold God at his word. That if you say, I know you, then I will carry out mighty exploits. And so now is the time for mighty exploits because I know you and, and I'm strong and I'm carrying out these mighty exploits now. And now is the time. So I've, now I'm in a season where I am having to learn to walk in the blessing and to walk 
in the promises of God as opposed to last season, which was content, fight, declare, draw boundaries, tell the enemy that he can't have access to your dreams because it's out to snatch them. But, the, but God has secured you with a hedge of protection that I needed to declare over and over again. And even when I didn't feel like it, half the time I didn't feel like pursuing and fighting. I was just like, aye, aye, doesn't the Lord know already? I've been praying. Like, when do you know, Banti? But you know, what, what that was good for was for my soul. It was good for me to keep teaching my soul that be still and know that he is God. Yeah. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And the doors are starting to open and things are falling into place. And I'm just like, whoa, you actually are good and you are faithful and you hold true to your word, which is what I'm awesome. missing now. Awesome, amazing, amazing. We'll come to you, Holly. So, so this, the, the, same, the same story. So the, just a, a scripture that has been meaningful to you in, in your journey. Uh, uh, the scripture that's meaningful to me, uh, it's Isaiah 43, verse 19. And it's, uh, it goes, I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do not, uh, do not see it. I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in a dry wasteland. Wow. So for me, every day of my life is pretty much a new day. That's how I take it. So uh, whatever failures or success, successes of the previous day, um, they don't count because you are as good as your... The last game, you as good as the day before. So every time I wake up, I wake up new. Hence, I have this confession that I say to myself every morning to remind myself how good and how great I am and how good uh, God is to me. So um, also with my, with my rugby career, it hasn't been as, as, as good as it looks up there. You know, really? <laughs> Could have yeah. fooled me. <laughs> yeah, no. Where's trust, that paper? Trust. Uh, <laughs> um, I've had to go through hardships. I've had to, to, to actually work really, really hard. And sometimes, uh, the harder you work, like he said, you know, things don't happen. And you just have to wait and trust in the process and trust in God. And, um, and take pride in the fact that uh, the one that you believe in is the one who's going to, you know, uh, take you to the place where you need to go. So, for me, like, it's, it's always just a, a challenge every morning having to remind myself that, listen, um, you're injured right now, but, um, you know, God has a plan for you. Um, and the most important thing is not letting people speak into your life and, 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 and bring negativity into your life. Um, I, yesterday, actually, at the stadium, I had a, a conversation with one of the old, older guys, um, top management, and um, basically, I got good news, and they were telling me that I might be back this year because my, my injury is actually, well, it was predicted that it was going to be nine months not playing. So... I've been recovering pretty well, and everything's going pretty well. So now I got my bio. He told me, well, listen, um, you might be starting to run next week, as soon as next week, and um, might even catch a bit of the curry cup, which was amazing to me. And um, I just, you know, I, I was just amazed. Uh, you know, I can't even explain it. But in my head, I know because I've been speaking it. Every time someone asks me, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'll be good. When will you be back? I mean, I'll probably curry cup. I'll be back soon or you know, I'll say something that in my head I have to just remind myself that I'll be back during Curry Cup. And me saying that forces me to go out there and actually work, do my rehab, um, do all the things necessary for me to be back in that period. So um, I think uh, taking pride as well, you know, um, because I don't know if you Lions fans know what pride means for us Lions. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it basically means personal responsibility in achieving excellence. 
which is um, what most of the guys at Lions Group live by. And I've, I've taken that and I, and I put it in my personal life where if, if, I, if I take pride in what God is doing in my life, then nothing can stop me. And that's what I, I wake up and I look forward to actually going out there and proving people wrong. And um, I'm probably, because I tore five ligaments in my knee, pretty much everything. But uh, I do believe that I'm going to be the first person to, to come back from this in record time as well. Come on. We stand with you. We affirm that faith. Um, Kolo? Um, I think for me, it's not uh, a scripture per se, but uh, Genesis 15 really speaks to my life. Um, it speaks about um, when um, Hagar had to leave from um, after her squaffle with, with Sarah, and then she sort of ran away, and she, I don't even think she knew where she was going. And um, in the midst of all of that, you know, where she felt like, you know, there's nobody, and now she's here, and, you know, whatever happened was not, it was not even her fault, but, you know, because of what Sarah did, now she's in this thing, and now Sarah doesn't want her anymore, and, you know, she's in the middle of nowhere. And in that time, an angel appears to her, and the angel says to her, actually, the angel calls her by name, and, um, okay, then the scripture continues and it speaks about how the angel tells her go back to you know to Sarah and I mean I'm sure then she felt like go back to what because she doesn't want me and um, then the angel comforts her and tells her that um, do go back and you know this is God's promises and then he, he declares the promises to her and she does go back so how that links into into my life is that um, you know I've I've, I've for the longest of time, especially being a Christian, felt like uh, I'm interested in, in beauty things. I'm, inter I'm interested in, I mean, I, I wanted to enter Miss South Africa, but it never happened because then I was really pursuing God. Then I wasn't really sure, you know, how that links into my Christianity. You know, is it godly? Is it, you know, how will Christians look at me? You know, how will I look at myself? And, you know, how will the world look at me? And until, you know, so this verse sort of says that, you know, those things that God has put in your heart are relevant, you know. Those things that God has put in your heart are from God, and God will fulfill. And it doesn't matter how it looks to the world, it doesn't matter how it looks to you, but it's from God. If it's from God, God will fulfill it. And, you know, Hagar go, having to go back, it's like, go back to those you know, to that plan. That is the plan. And that is the purpose. And just how, you know, God called my name and God, you know, spoke into my life and spoke those words and that he will fulfill the words that he spoke into my life. And, you know, that sort of, that carries me to know that, and I mean, even now people are like, yo, worse, I'm a pastor's wife. It's like... <laughs> You know, that doesn't help me much. Um, <laughs> so then people are like, what? You're a pastor's I mean, I don't, I, I actually don't introduce myself as a pastor's wife. It's like, so who are you? No, my name is Kulufelo. Where are you from? Here and, and then only after we have like 50 conversations, I'm like, oh no, what does your husband do? No, my husband works at this church that we go to. <laughs> And then I'm, maybe I'm completely secure. <laughs> 
He is. He's very secure. Um, and then after some time, then I'll be like, no, my husband is a pastor. Then I'll speak about him. No, he's a pastor. You know, he works at the church. He preaches. And it's like, but that makes you a pastor's wife. I'm like, oh, yeah, it does. But, you know. Um, so I had to contend with that as well. That, you know, now I'm wanting to do this thing. And I'm a pastor's wife. And pastor's wives don't do that. Like, you know. Uh, but, but this is what God is doing in my life. And this is my walk. You know, my husband being a pastor, that's his walk with, with God. And yes, I'm his partner in his walk, then, you know, there's other things that God is doing in my life, and this is my walk, this is what God has chosen for me, it's not a pipeline dream that I decided for myself, and, and, you know, whatever, whoever says whatever they say, it doesn't really affect me, because I know that I'm in God's plan, I know that, you know, God has called me to this, and, and he reminds me that, yes, you are supposed to be here. Yes, I have called you. Yes, I affirm what you are doing. Yes, it is righteous. It is godly. And I have to remind myself all the time, especially when, when, you, when you are in public and you start meeting all these celebrities and, you know, popular people that, you know, sort of, you know, this is my... So, so it looks like um, their lives are shaped in a different way to, to yours. And I mean, I feel that I'm walking a different walk and I feel my walk is special because of all these things I come with. You know, I bring to the table very, a very different person that I am and this is who I am and this is who God has called me to be. Great stuff. I tell you, I tell you one of the reasons I'm one of her biggest supporters um, is... is because if she does win, then I get to introduce myself as Mr. South Africa. So <laughs> I am invested in this thing. <laughs> um, we, we, may, we may have time maybe just for one awesome question. Do we have... Do we have okay. Can, can you... Is there like one that's, that we haven't covered that... Um, do you want to read? Um, and I think it's just a quick one that um, each of the panelists can comment on. Um, I think we all know the reality of living in somewhat of a challenging um, country at the moment. And, you know, whilst we continue to trust in God's plan and purpose, within each of your specific spheres, is there a particular sort of challenge or issue that God has burdened you with um, within that space? Um, and any potential insights into how you personally are a solution to that? Sure. Great question. Please answer it in two minutes. <laughs> uh, Joby, let's start with you. Sure. Um, so the music industry is one filled with insecure people. We are all out here trying to be affirmed by our craft. The music industry is one that is filled with people who probably use their pain to create the music that feeds your soul. And so I know for a fact that part of what God has called me to do is to bind up broken hearts and is to bring a father and an adoptive spirit to everything that I do. So even now, for example, all my band members are in counseling with me and they are in discipleship with me. <laughs> and it's not something I 
deliberately said, I'm going to disciple all of you. They just randomly, one by one, said, wait a minute, you're a pastor. I'm like, wow, wow, that's hectic. <laughs> and then they start talking, and the common thread in the music industry is no father. Lack of fathers, um, people who are really just not affirmed. And one of my greatest gifts is encouragement. And, um, and so I use that in the music industry to affirm as many people as I meet uh, I think sometimes I think I'm mad because I go into music industry spaces where everyone's like permanent prop and in suits and they're like, oh, and you can, you can only talk about the artistry of life. And I get there and I'm just like, so how are you doing? Um, how's your life? Are you good? And you'll be surprised that at first they get defensive, but by the end of the night, they're really opening up to you and they're asking for prayer and they're asking for counsel at some level. And so I know that at this moment, that's what God is using me in, in the music industry. Um, for me, uh, as we know, like this country is, um, I don't know, with the, with the racial you know, segregation and all these things that are happening. Yeah. I think in, it's widely known that you know, in rugby, it happens quite a lot with the quotas and transformation and yeah. all those types of things. And I think, um, and um, it's not just myself, but then as a Lions team, um, because as a group, our, our one of the most important things that we set out to do was to change lives. So we don't go on the field to play to win. We don't care about winning because that will handle itself if we play well, if we enjoy each other as, as a brotherhood, as a group of people playing out there. And people watching must be inspired from our actions because as a rugby player, I can't go out there and speak to everyone. But um, I, can, I can touch someone's life by my actions, yeah. by what I do, by how I handle the opponents, by by the way I speak to the opponents, by the way I speak to my teammates, by the way I speak to the, to the stadium staff, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only way that we can break those barriers and actually start you know, engaging in conversations like, okay, where are the differences? How can we help each other move forward? And, and as a group, I think we've, we've done pretty well in terms of um, just engaging and, and you know, even more so in the East because most of our fans come from the eastern side of Joburg, where you find a lot of people after a game, you'll be like, you know what, um, this was an awesome game, but uh, they recognize the small things, like you picking up a paper or you helping out a mate, you know, on, on the ground and, and you guys hugging or praying after a game. Those, those little things, those subtle things, um, people notice. And I think the challenge is, is just um, showing the world that we can all, you know, coexist and we can all have the same dreams and live you know, um, in this wonderful country awesome. of ours. And I think awesome. my responsibility is to, is to try and, and enforce that within my teammates. You know, as one of the leaders in the, in the Lions group, um, I have a responsibility to actually not only speak it, but to actually show it as well. Mm. Great stuff, great stuff. And Cora, from your perspective? I think for me, what's, what, what's always on my heart is, is you know, just the church that I come from, you know, we are multicultural and that is a beautiful thing. And that, you know, God loves all of us, whether you are pink or brown or blue or purple, it doesn't matter really. And so the, therefore, whenever I walk into a room, I look at that, I look at, okay, I mean, it's, it's not always a good thing. You know, I look at okay, how many white people are here, how many black people are here, how many Indian people are here. Okay, that makes four black people, so then I need to go sit where, you know, to be strategic about uh, interacting with, with other 
people from other cultures, whether it's language or skin color. Um, so I feel like, like wherever I go, that's, it, it sort of stands out for me. And I think even now that, you know, with, with the other finalists, I always try to, to, to make sure that I've had a, a good conversation with other people outside of, you know, my, my sisters in the black community. And to me, that's what's on my heart. And I feel like that's what's on God's heart as well. That, you know, we don't have to group ourselves and think, okay, no, because we speak the same language, therefore mm. I'll be drawn to you because we don't speak the same language. So therefore I have nothing to say to you. Um, but, but that actually I have something to say. And, you know, just give me two seconds of your time and hear what I have to say. And whether you take it or not, that's up to you. But, you know, I have to put myself out there. And I think initially I, I, I resisted for, for the longest of time. I'm just like, I'm not going to be the bigger person. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you do your thing, I'm doing mine. But it's, it's really burned on my heart, especially now. It's, it's burning on my heart that, you know, even as women, why can't we be women who love each other? You know, why do we have to be black women? Why do we have to be brown women? Why do we have to be white women? Um, whereas we have the same passions, we have the same dreams, we have the same ideas, we have the same, you know, things that we, we, we're planning. And if we come together and stand together, we're going to be strong women. And let's do that and, and forget about who comes from where and who's bringing what and who's not bringing what. Because, you know, I have something that I'm bringing. You definitely have something that you're bringing. If we can... You can bring your thing, I bring my thing. We put it together. It can only be amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Can, can, can we give a, a round of applause, just a show of appreciation to our panelists? Thank you, guys. I, I, know, I know that there's, there's a lot more engagement that we could do, and uh, if you did send your questions through to that SMS line, what we'll do is we'll we'll give each of them the questions and we're going to actually ask them to engage some of that on their social media. Um, so so uh, if, if you caught this, the, the slides that were going up with their so social media pages, if you want to interact with them a bit more there, so we'll ask them to engage each of those questions, anything that we didn't cover uh, during, during this afternoon. So again, the hope is, and, and, and the heart behind this is, is to inspire you in your sphere and in your front line, whatever that looks like. And also just to, to say this to you, that it's okay to dream and it's okay to dream big. It's okay to go after your goals. Go after the things that God has put in your heart. Go after them wholeheartedly. You're a 12er. Prosperity is in your blood. So go, go after them. Um, ne next week, we're going to be looking at an, another uh, front line, and we're going to, we, in fact, next week is, is, uh, is, is Pentecost Sunday, and we're going to just trust the Lord for, for, a, for a impartation. But we want to also look at, in our workplaces, in my office, in the boardroom, on the street, wherever it is that I apply my trade, how do I draw from the Holy Spirit to empower me? Even in the moment, how do I draw on the Holy Spirit for for, for inspiration, for strategic solutions, for something to say when everybody's looking at me in the meeting. How do, I, how do I really partner with the Holy Spirit in that space? So looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you for your time. We're trusting that the Lord would help you to have an incredible week and a blessed week.